0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, January 5th, 5:40 AM Central Time as I speak here. March corn futures up two and a half at 6.56 and a quarter. March soybeans up a half cent at 1484. March Chicago wheat up four and a half at 750. March Kansas City wheat up four and three quarters at 845 and a half. March spring wheat up five and three quarters at 909 and a quarter. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the videos, drop me a comment. All of those things will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Appreciate it as always, guys. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Uh, Yesterday, I was joined by Matt Bennett from agmarket.net, who is a regular contributor. We talked about the corn and uh, soybean basis situation across the country. Also, a few risk management items that Matt is watching. Guys, there are new premium videos every single business day. Uh, Check this stuff out. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation, nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Rains are going to return to Argentina late next week the way that it looks. So this morning's forecast calls for mostly hot and dry conditions to persist for another six or seven days. The models now suggesting that rains will return to key corn and soybean growing areas by Thursday or Friday next week. Those rains will be accompanied by much cooler temperatures. So you got hot and dry for another week. But about this time next week, Thursday, Friday, you're going to be you're going to see a big shift towards uh, cool and uh, wetter in Argentina. So I don't know if this is going to be a shift in the weather pattern. When you look at the GFS, which goes out a little bit longer, uh, it's even wetter out through January 20th, so maybe some additional rains beyond that stuff that you'll see late next week. Is this a big shift in the forecast, shift in the pattern? I don't know. Uh, Brazil looks pretty good. It's going to be wet. uh, Far southern areas going to be a little bit drier by comparison. But overall, um, yeah, Argentina hot and dry for a week. But then uh, maybe some relief. Is that relief going to be enough to save the crop or tech bushels back onto the um, uh, soybean yields? I don't really know uh, wait and see type deal and forecast this far out, of course, always subject to change, but it looks like you've got a little bit of a shift here, at least momentarily, that will occur late next week. China is defending its handling of a raging COVID outbreak after criticism from President Biden and also from the World Health Organization. Officials from the WHO said that China has been misrepresenting COVID data on several fronts. China reported only one new COVID death on Wednesday, despite reports of overwhelmed hospitals and funeral homes. A Chinese official official, uh, said this in response. Facts have proved that China has always in accordance with the principles of legality, timeliness, openness, and transparency, maintained close communication, and shared relevant information and data with the WHO in a timely manner. Uh, President Biden said in regard to China, they're very sensitive when we suggest that they haven't been forthcoming. I mean, clearly they haven't been forthcoming. Earlier this week, one source indicated that up to 70% of Shanghai's 25 million residents have contracted the virus. So this COVID situation in China is being watched very, very closely by traders around the world, financial markets around the world. Everybody's concerned about uh, Chinese uh, demand for commodity products, Chinese output when it comes to things that they make and export. It's a big deal. We've got to watch it closely. Now, maybe on that same note, crude oil futures have had a really ugly start to the year. A little bit of a recovery this morning. But WTI crude oil futures lost more than $4 per barrel yesterday. According to Reuters data, there was a 9.4% loss in Brent crude prices during the first two days of the year, which is the worst start for that market since 1991. I usually talk about uh, WTI. They're talking about Brent. But uh, Uh, Ugly start for for crude oil to start the year. You got headlines regarding China and COVID, of course, uh, a slowing global economy, higher interest rates. Reports this week indicate that Saudi Arabia could cut prices for crude shipped to Asia beginning in February. Uh, Based on some survey data, OPEC oil output actually rose slightly in December, despite an agreement by uh, that alliance to cut production targets. You had a sharply lower crude trade, which has helped to drag some of these commodity indexes lower. I watched the Bloomberg Commodity Index, and it traded or fell to its lowest level since uh, February of 2022, uh, just this week. And perhaps that inspires some additional negative sentiment across the commodity sector. And when I say commodity sector, I mean energies, I mean metals, I mean grains, you know, the whole thing. Uh, More economic data here. U.S. manufacturing activity contracted for a second consecutive month in December, the 2022 calendar year marked the biggest decline in the uh, ism gauge of factory activity since 2008 ism is the institute for supply management this is very closely watched economic data Uh, the ism manufacturing index was the lowest since may of 2020 and may of 2020 of course was your covid panic shutdowns all of that stuff the measure of prices paid by materials declined for a ninth a ninth uh, straight month that's the longest stretch of declines Uh, since 1975. So you've got a a sign that there's some disinflation in regard to goods. Employment in the manufacturing sector is strong, likely increased by about 9,000 in December after rising by 14,000 in November. So based on this data, you've got a few things at play here and a lot of moving pieces. Slowing manufacturing, yet employment is still strong, yet disinflation in the prices of goods, uh, lots of moving parts here. U.S. job openings remain real high. More economic data here. We have the jolt numbers out yesterday. That's job openings and labor turnover survey. Also very closely watched. Uh, 10.5 million open U.S. jobs at the end of November. That was down just fractionally from October. The trade expected 10.1. So there's way more open jobs than uh, people had expected. And uh, this is a a, a pretty high print. So it, it begs the question, can you have a recession in the United States with 10 and a half million open jobs and a 3.7% unemployment rate? Now that being said, uh, you're seeing headlines regarding layoffs. Amazon's gonna lay off 17 or 18,000 workers. That was reported yesterday. You're seeing that across uh, the tech sector. Is that gonna start uh, elsewhere? Uh, it's very possible. The Fed released Minutes from its December meeting yesterday. Officials are committed to fighting inflation and expect higher interest rates to remain in place until additional progress is made. Uh, FOMC members are just very much sticking to this 2% inflation target. Uh, Here's a quote from the Minutes. Participants generally observed that a restrictive policy stance would need to be maintained until the incoming data provided confidence that inflation was on a sustained downward downward path to 2%, which was likely to take some time. In the view of the persistent and unacceptably high level of inflation, several participants commented that historical experience cautioned against prematurely loosening monetary policy. When you look at what financial markets have discounted, uh, they're essentially discounting additional rate hikes to the tune of maybe a half a percentage point, up to three quarters of a point in total of additional rate hikes. The current effective Fed fund rate is 4.375%. That number was an eighth of a percentage point uh, January of last year. So we've gone up sharply. Uh, The minutes were seen as being generally hawkish. Financial markets seem to think, or a lot of traders at least seem to think, that the Fed may even cut rates at some point this year. But the Fed is not talking this way, that way. So this was seen as being kind of a hawkish deal, uh, generally speaking. We had a higher trade in cattle yesterday and a sharply higher trade in feeder cattle. I guess the feeder cattle market liked the uh, sell-off in the corn market. U.S. dollars about flat. Stock market's up just marginally. Bonds are flat. Uh, gold's down seven bucks. Crude oil attempting a recovery. March is up a $1.63 at 74.73 uh, last trade. Everybody have a great day. I'll talk to you guys Friday.